the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking what's going on on Wall Street and why. Sometimes it doesn't make much sense. Sometimes it does. It's a beautiful thing. I think we have CFP Chad Burton hanging in the lurches. How are you, Mr. Burton? Good, just lurching around. Just lurching, lurching, lurching around. Um, stock market, what are you feeling these days? What's 2018 tapping the pulse, so to speak? Uh, well, <laughs> it's uh, the, the trade wars is obviously an issue here. I don't know, like I've said before, it might be just the, the attempt at the art of the deal to get better deals negotiated, but um, the economy and a lot of people have split with Trump on the idea of the tariffs. So other than that, the global economy is doing extremely well. Um, and I remember this kind of feeling in back in 1995-96 time frame after we went through an increase in interest rates and the market started to do really, really well again. Um, and globally, we're doing extremely well, even with um, Brexit things overseas are doing well. Uh, there's not as much currency flow out of emerging markets, so things are there. But, I mean, we, we got a huge increase in earnings from Q4 2016 to Q4 2017, about the same as about what the stock market had already returned. So, um, you know, having a flat year wouldn't surprise me with continued good news because a lot of that got pulled forward. But I heard you talking about, um, you know, during the 6 o'clock hour, that if you saw a good pullback because of unemployment and some other issues, you'd be a buyer. I'd, I'd be the same thing. I'd use those opportunities to add any cash that I had sitting on the sidelines doing nothing. It's frustrating, right? Because you wait for a pullback, you wait for a pullback, you get a pullback, and that's when you have to have the courage of, of not saying, well, if I do it tomorrow, it's cheaper. And that's kind of funky as far as thoughts go. Big event coming up. You're going to be speaking at people. You can go to newfocusfinancial.com and find out more information. It's March 8th. So that is this week. Um, it's going to be a big one. Uh, anything that you're going to be talking about at the Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event this week that we should be aware of? Well, yeah, I've got, you know, we've inflation is another story of the year. Um, yep. And even though interest rates are increasing, we're also still seeing, we're just still sitting at historically low interest rates. Um, and because of currency issues, if interest rates get too high in the U.S., a lot of money will flow into the U.S. dollar and back into treasuries that will probably suppress that a little bit. So I think we're, you know, continued five to ten years in historically low interest rates versus when you and I got into the business, say, you know, quarter century ago, which sounds really old now, but it's true. So you've got to really know what your expenses are in retirement. You hopefully people are thinking about inflation and that, yeah, you retire. Every 18 to 20 years, the amount of money you need is going to double to maintain the same standard of living. And people forget about so many expenses in retirement. That's why it takes a lot of time 
to get your cash flow projections right because you have taxes, insurance, inflation, and a lot of expenses that people forget in retirement. Things like, you know, what's going to give me purpose in life to get me out of bed, whether that's uh, you know, hey, I, I'm going to travel overseas. Um, I'm going to do things like Doctors Without Borders for some clients that have done that. Um, that actually cost them a lot of money, but give them a lot of purpose. But it's other things like Medicare Part B at 134 bucks a month or more. You've got what if you want to remodel your house in 10 to 15 years? What, do, what about new vehicles, gifts for your children, or 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 enabling the child that hasn't been made great decisions in life, those things can get very expensive, and, they, and you have to be realistic and put those in your cash flow projections. It's funny that you say that, because you just brought up the, what if I want to remodel my house? And I keep thinking, every time I go on like real estate tours, I keep seeing these old people's houses where they clearly haven't remodeled the kitchen in years. Maybe they just don't have money to remodel. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, if people would have retired on a fixed... <laughs> income like 15 years ago, um, and maybe they had a pension that did not increase with inflation at all, and the only thing that might have increased slightly with inflation was Social Security, they're struggling, Rob. They're, I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're living off about only 60% of what they used to live off of when they first retired. So they might not be able to afford to retire, and they only, or afford to remodel, and the only way they can is maybe, okay, we'll do a reverse mortgage, which makes people feel very uncomfortable in retirement. Um, or it's time to move to you know community kind of a assisted living type of a place. Maybe that's why. Or Botswana. Yeah, yeah, Ecuador. You can learn more about Ecuador and retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar this Thursday, March eighth, Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. Um, Twenty five dollars to get in. You can use the code Radio twenty five at newfocusfinancial dot com. Newfocusfinancial dot com. To get in for free, use the code RADIO25 on the events. That's this Thursday, Crown Plaza, um, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar. Me, CFP, Chad Burton, uh, Michelle Lerman, Estate Planning Attorney. We'll talk about a lot of the things that we need to dot and cross T, so to speak, to get ready for retirement and have some nice income and do it right, so to speak. What's the biggest mistake you've seen so far, Chad? And you don't have to give names. It doesn't have to rhyme with um, schlop schmack. Uh, what's the biggest mistake you see people make with retirement planning? The biggest mistake, well, yes. um, when people are younger, falling for sales pitches on things like annuities and stuff like that, really high-fee insurance products that cost them thousands and thousands of dollars every year, um, because some salesman told them a great story about some sort of you know, guarantees that really won't ever come true. So that's a big one for younger people. The other one for younger people would be just waiting to save at all. I mean, you, you don't... What I'm seeing now is a lot of people, Rob, getting into a home that makes them stop putting money into their 401k, and they'll, oh, well, I'll start next year. And then they buy furniture, and then oh, I'll start next year. And then they have to, you know, they don't like the bathroom, they remodel that. I'll start next year, and then all of a sudden the kid goes to go, and I'll start next year. And then all of a sudden they're 45 years old, and they need to save 25% of pay to be able to retire when they're 70. So, you know, waiting to, to save is a huge one. Um, and retiring too early without a good, you know, list of expenses, that's another one because people, uh, sometimes they get forced into retirement and you have to kind of adjust to that and figure out what you can spend. But so many people retire and then they go get a financial plan and then they have to go back to work if, unless the advisor's, you know, kind of blowing smoke. So there's a lot of different mistakes I could kind of go through. 
Sounds good to me. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, we have a big event coming up March 8th, uh, Thursday, 630 to 830 Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. You know, a lot of the reason I just asked that question of Chad, and people can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com, use the code RADIO25 to get it for free. One of the reasons I asked that question was sometimes it's the mistakes that drag you way further down than some of the things that you did right. You just didn't do enough of. Um, sometimes we would have enough, but you know, you end up spending the money on gambling or you end up spending the money on vacations. Um, sometimes we would have had enough, but we just didn't budget correctly. We didn't think of worst case scenarios. And trust me, worst case scenarios happen all the time. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing in more. A little gardening, if you want to talk gardening. I know you're saying gardening. Gardening's expensive, but it's a hobby. If it gives you something to do when you're in retirement, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Avocado toast. You millennials. Millennials earned about... Millennials earned about 20% less in 2013 than baby boomers did at their age in 1989. Let's think about that for a second. Now we kind of see why there's a bank of mom and dad. Nearly a quarter. That's 24% to be nearly a quarter. The millennials who are fully employed report receiving help from their parents with bill paying. Majority of them, about 80%, do not live with mom or dad but still collecting some financial help from mom and dad. For some millennials, especially those just transitioning into adulthood, it can take a lot of practice to get to the point where you don't need parents. The parental training, the parental training wheels. It's funny, when I started doing financial media 20 plus years ago, I used to talk about taking off the, you know, the, the training wheels, but I was talking to Generation X at that point in time, so to speak. The study of millennials defined as people 18 or 34 who are working 35 hours or more a week. Common bills that are picked up by their parents are cell phone, typically about 53%. Car insurance, about 31%. Um, It's pretty crazy. It's how you have to delay getting to adulthood, so to speak. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's my personal lender. You've heard him on the show numerous times. I actually hang out with a guy on occasion on weekends and uh, just relax a little bit. So he's a lender. He's a guy who gets you your mortgage. He's the guy who tells you what you qualify for, what you're pre-qualified for. One of the more interesting angles that I hear him get frustrated over is when someone wants to put 20% down, and the appraiser goes out, and it's not quite 20%. It's too high of a number or too low of a number. Um, and suddenly you have to come up with more money. Talk a little bit about how this happens, and I guess recapsulate what I just said. I mean, quite simply, we're in a seller's market, and there's not enough sales right now. We know inventory is low, and sales volume is low. So what happens is the your purchase price is going to get kicked up. You're going to overbid 
uh, so that you can get that offer accepted. And then when your appraisal comes in, it's going to be you know a certain percentage below that amount. So if you have certain uh, down payments, let's say 20%, and the reason we want 20%, of course, is to avoid a loan that has mortgage insurance and to get better rates, is now your loan is as uh, a 19% or 18% down payment, okay? So you're going to get mortgage insurance or you're going to have an FHA loan with higher mortgage insurance. So there are some tools that people can use to keep the same down payment but avoid mortgage insurance, and that's to get um, a second loan. It, it always works out, and you don't have to get a big second loan. It can be as small as like $7,500, um, and it can put you over that 80%. You, you have a, you know, the interest rate's a little bit higher. Yes, it's adjustable, but but you can focus on paying that off a little early, leave yourself a nice little equity line you can use down the road, but it avoids that mortgage insurance, and there's always a lower payment when you get that scenario. So when it does come back, um, do people panic? When what comes back? The appraisal and it's... Um, well, you know, it's something that we've, we've definitely been focusing on preparing people for. Yeah. So we run the scenarios in advance. Now, that doesn't mean that your lender is going to do that in advance. They may just say, oh, well, we got to make sure that you have 20% down. And they don't, and they might see some reserves. Or they look at your 401k or IRA and say, oh, we have some reserves there that we can use. And they don't think it through that maybe they don't want to use a 401k or yeah. their IRA. And they don't prepare people for it. And I think that's where a, where a lot of people that are going into offers um, and, and the, they're not prepared. They're not talking to the realtor. And, and not only that, the realtor's not asking, hey, you got 20% down. Are you prepared to offer another 40000 over appraised value or whatever it is? Um, and what are your contingency plan? Contingency plans. How does the appraisal process work now? What is it, like a two-day thing? Um, you know, you, you start the loan process. You submit a loan. You, you contact the appraiser. They they call you, your agent. They enter the house. They... Um, take pictures, they measure the house, make sure, you know, the, the appraisal process is a, l- a lot more detailed than it used to be. Okay. Uh, and, and they have an appraisal management company that that appraiser works for that's going to do a quality check and the lender's going to do a quality check. And as a matter of fact, I just talked to a client not too long ago who came to my office and said, you know what, we try to refinance the lender. Uh, we got an appraisal. It worked out fine. But the lender did what, you know, the, the, a BP, a broker price opinion, and, and it, they disagreed with the appraiser and knocked, or the appraisal amount, and they knocked it down 20 grand, which disqualified them. So there's a lot of quality control that goes into it now. But um, so just because you get an appraisal, and this is something that the California Association of Realtors and, and needs to change on their contract, is that an appraisal contingency isn't just value. Yeah, okay, you can put a appraisal contingency in there and it comes in at value, great. It, the appraisal still has to pass the lender. So, for example, if the property comes in in fair value or there's an unpermitted addition or uh, there's Section 1 items, uh, termite damage, or anything like that that needs to be repaired. So there's, there's, there, there are some corrections that need to be made, and I hope at some point they do make these corrections because it's kind of confusing. It's, it's too simple. And a real estate transaction... We want it to be simple, but there's a lot of things that still need to protect the buyer. And if you remove a appraisal contingency and you don't have a loan contingency, uh, you could be stuck with a with a house and coming up with extra money, having to borrow from your parents or whatever. Tap your 401k if you and you really didn't need to. It makes a painstakingly frustrating process even more frustrating when yeah. that happens. Yeah. I'm speaking with Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Talk about the cost of insurance. That certainly plays a price in our lives. How about this one? Drunk shopping. 
Drunk shopping is a thing, ladies and gentlemen. Americans have more than doubled their spending on so-called drunk shopping or making purchases under the influence of alcohol. I've been there. I've done it. This is according to a website called Finder.com. According to a new survey, U.S. drinkers now spend an average of $447 per person while blitzed, up from $206 a person last year. That's uh, that's $30 of booze-soaked billions. That's a lot of money. $30 billion of drunk shopping. It's a thing. Do you have a problem? Do you have a problem putting your credit card down? Do you have a problem putting your credit card down? When you're drunk. Dun, dun, dun. My advice to you, start drinking heavily. Nearly half or 46% of those who drink regularly admit to shopping while under the influence. I guess this is a thing. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? You tell me. You can find out more about an event that I got coming up this Thursday, March 8th, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, 630 to 830 Crowd Plaza Hotel, Foster City. It's $25 to get in, but you can get in for free using the code RADIO25. That's code RADIO25. Use the code RADIO25 at robblackshow.com. That's this Thursday, 630 to 830 Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. So I think Wall Street's all about planting flags and figuring out what you believe in and what you don't. What do you like about shares of Apple? What do you like about them? What do you not like about them? What do you like about shares of Sears? You can go, it's cheap. It's got some value. It's got a dividend. And then, like, what do you not like? There's no one in their stores. It's a retailer. People need to be in the stores. Maybe they're they're purchasing everything online. So you have to have, like, pluses and minuses. And you kind of need to know where you go. Anytime you're dealing with one individual stock, you're dealing with the concept of XYZ. And that XYZ, you need to figure out, like, how can it get higher? And it could sell, it could be in a sector that's really hot and sexy, like big tech right now. Any big tech company can do well because it's in big tech. And everyone likes big tech. They like Facebook, they like Google, they like Alphabet, they like uh, Netflix, they like Google, they like Apple. Like, they're all in, right? So if you're a big, you could do well on that, or you could do well if like you come out with a product that does really well. So suddenly you're the company yourself is doing well. It doesn't matter if all the other big tech companies are, aren't it just matters that you are, you came up with something that's sexy and selling well, or you can say visibility. Like, um, how many people does Facebook have 2 billion, right? So if they lose 3% per month, for the rest of the time, how long until they have zero? Like you can kind of see some visibility there with their published churn rates and situations like that. So you kind of get some visibility. So visibility helps you. Your own execution helps you. The sector helps you. And then the overall economy. And that's one that's for me quite interesting right now because we just have these tax cuts. So there's like no chance. It would be amazingly strange to have um, a scenario where, our economy doesn't chug along for the next 6 to 12 months, just off tax cuts alone. Americans tend to spend what we have in our pockets or in our bank accounts. So we're good 6 to 12 months. So any pullback in the stock market, I'm going to be a buyer. 
And as soon as I start seeing one company, one company cut 10% of their sales force or cut 10% of their plans to build buildings, or that's when you start changing your mind on the big picture. But there's one big picture that's scaring me. And let's say it's Donald Trump and his tariff issue. So he says, we don't want steel and aluminum dumped here in the United States. And he's not going to say the country, <clears throat> China. He might do something like that. I'll tweet, I'll tweet it out to you, but I won't spell it all the way. C-I-C-H-I-N. What was that all about? So he doesn't want to trade war with them because like what happens if they say, okay, so we're going to say Harley Davidson's and uh, Ford's any Harley, any Ford or Harley Davidson that we import, we're going to charge 50% more to our, our people and our people won't be able to afford that. And therefore they won't buy your motorcycles and your cars. So Ford and, and uh, Harley Davidson, they say, you know, we're going to have to shut down a factory in the United States. We're going to lose 200, 300 jobs. That's when you start thinking the stock market's not going to go the direction you want it to. So, and that that's trade war kind of collateral damage. I mean, it comes with the territory, so to speak. One of the articles that I'll always read if I ever get a chance to read, um, first and foremost, there's some really good websites out there. There's some really good uh, newsletters. Uh, one of the ones that I like enormously is called uh, DigiDay. And DigiDay talks a lot about technology companies and advertising companies and media companies. And it's pretty interesting where, <clears throat> have you started the reduction on cable or satellite yet? Because if you haven't, you're kind of behind the curve. A lot of people are cutting products and services out of their lives. Um, because they're seeing what they're, they're spending their money on and to say the least, it is not what it used to be. So <clears throat> hedge funds are out there and I, I don't think you'll ever get rich buying a hedge fund. I think you will in the years that there's a lot of drama, you'll be fine if you're in the right hedge fund, but hedge funds are a lot like mutual funds and mutual funds are a lot like index funds. And in the end, you will just want some skin in the game. <clears throat> and in the end, a hedge fund is going to be wrong two or three times more than say an index fund, but they're going to be right two or three times more. And you're going to be like, Oh, what a run hedge funds. Don't always live up to their high fees. Uh, but for me, they're always interesting because they have got these CEOs who typically have no hair, but are very masculine and alpha <clears throat> and, uh, they'll get on CNBC, uh, much more so than Bloomberg. Bloomberg does a much more reasonable, responsible, presentation of content and information. Um, CNBC has had the problem where, you know, at one point in time, Jim Cramer bragged in his book that he would call Maria Bartiromo and lie to her. She would go on the air and say, we just heard from insiders that this stock is going to be sold. So Jim was shorting it. He was making the money on that. And he's nuts. They're nuts. They know nothing. But it's always interesting when they throw out a list of like healthcare uh, stocks that they like because they always tend to have like these incredible statistics that go with it. Uh, Visa is one of stock that's loved. I love Visa. Uh, Visa was around when I was a little boy. Visa's around today. I would imagine when my little boys become big men, Visa will still be around. And they get paid by the swipe. And as we've lived longer and longer, the swipe's becoming more important. Now, here's the fear. And again, you always have some pros and you always have some cons. Apple wants to deal away with a swipe. They just want to store your information and do it like that, right? Venmo can transfer money from your bank account to my bank account in lightning speed. 
as can PayPal, as can Four Square and uh, others. Four Square company's called Square, and I came up with Four Square because I'm going back to third grade and always want to play Four Square and fit in with other kids. Knowing it wasn't the most athletic game, so Bank of America seems to be on a lot of hedge fund lists right now. Um, they they really dominate the branches right now. Wells Fargo is doing well, but then Wells Fargo got into a lot of heat. I like Wells Fargo because they're in a lot of heat, and I don't think they got a business. And I like uh, Bank of America because I don't think they got a business. It's, it's boring compared to J.P. Morgan Chase. It's boring compared to Goldman Sachs. But um, as interest rates rise, the banks are the right place to be, and they've already started their move. And uh, I think as you see them increase their dividends, as long as we don't get that trade war, we get that trade war and all thing, all bets are off the table because that's when we start firing people. So everyone still loves Google and Facebook. Um, Apple's a favorite of hedge funds at this point in time. One of the best stocks of all time. And when you get Warren Buffett jumping on Apple, suddenly because it has become the, the stock that your grandfather owns. And like, that's not a good thing. So... Warren Buffett's your grandfather, so to speak. So, but you still got to love Amazon at this point in time. For them to say purchasing with voice activated speakers is going to jump from $2 billion to $22 billion in the next five years. I'm sorry, $2 billion to $40 billion in the next five years. I'm like, really? So, because I don't see anyone else. With Google, I'm not having stuff delivered to my home. I know Google has its home delivery services, but who really uses them compared to Amazon, right? That's how far out Amazon is in front of them. Microsoft's boring and old, but they've also got a CEO who's young, new, and vibrant. So I'm pro-Microsoft. And if you look back at the Steve Ballmer days with him as CEO, I don't think history's going to be very kind to Steve Ballmer. So a little bit of a spaz. So, spring gas prices are going to be the highest since 2015. That's a good thing and a bad thing. Now I'm talking today about stocks you need to compare them. Sometimes you need to look at things and go, gasoline prices are higher. Who does that help? Let's just be incredibly nationalistic right now and say, maybe the oil guy down in Texas. Or the refinery company down in Texas. And they're charging more for gasoline and you're spending more for gasoline and you're, you're consuming more gasoline or you're not. And suddenly the roads are getting a little bit better because you're not consuming as much gasoline. You're not on the roads tearing them up. So see how like right there, there's already a positive. And then the, let's say a country like Saudi Arabia pumps the oil and Saudi Arabia is ultimately pretty good friends with the United States. Why? Because we're cool. No, no, because we barbecue all together. No, because we're fascinated as a nation with camels. no, I've been on a camel, and they are filthy animals. And I know you're saying, let's, let's talk about this for a second, Rob. You've been on a camel? Yes. It might have been a crime scene with a high-speed camel chase. Might not have been, but it might have been. So th- they're our friends because we do business with them. They like us for our money. We like them for their cheap oil. Now, that's a positive and a negative. Let's say we stop doing business with them because everyone's driving a Tesla, and we're all electric. And suddenly they're like, our nation's becoming more and more poor and our sovereign prince and, you know, princesses and our kingdom start to fall a little bit because we don't have the infrastructure, the healthcare, the hospitals, the uh, universities, the school systems that you have. You don't want people in the Middle East mad at you. You don't want people in Asia mad at you. For some reason, the United States doesn't really care about South America. I've never understood that. 
but you want friends. You don't want trade wars. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't forget to sign up for the event. Coming up. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Um, you know, top stories of the day out there. I tend to sometimes kind of bob and weave on what I think is going to be important. But Amazon keeps coming back up again and again and again. And I think we all know the service Amazon Prime and the TV shows and things like that. But today you see that in the news they're considering partnering with one of Wall Street's top banks in an effort to build a checking account-like product for customers. And the first thing I think of is, oh no, that's not a good idea. And why do I think that? It's a very good question. And I start thinking about the people who shop at Amazon tend to be very impulsive and they tend to get a lot of stuff that they don't want from amazon.com slash junk I don't need dot com kind of thing. So Amazon has to keep getting into services if they're going to keep growing at 30%. And one of the areas that makes me nervous is them charging, giving you a loan. I don't mind the credit card because you have to pay that on a monthly basis, right? There's no shame in using a credit card if you, as long as you're paying it down or off. But Amazon last week bought Santa Monica, California-based ring. Ding dong. Jeff Bezos calling. And now they're willing to do a loan for you. And then you see stories about how Americans are getting more and more drunk. Drunk shopping is what it's called. And that's a real thing. Get blasted. Go broke. Americans have more than doubled their spending on so-called drunk shopping. Drinkers now spend an average of $447, $447 per year while blitzed. And then you can get a loan from Amazon. Like, I start seeing all this, and it starts making me a little bit on the nervous side. I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, how good are things right now? They're like Rome. We eat, drink, and be merry. You can now have medicinal and recreational marijuana delivered to your home. Uh, you can get on Amazon and order the munchies, and they'll break, be there within an hour. All right, all right, all right. We are Rome. <laughs> We're getting ready to fall, right? So Amazon has to be number one, and the only way they can do that is, what if they charge you a 14 15% on a loan? Oh, now I can see it, right? So the big old retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar coming up March 8th, 630 to 30 Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever. It's a good two-hour event. I'll get there a little early to uh, warm you up and talk about the stock market and such. You can learn more by going to Retirement Income Strategies, State Planning Seminar with CFP Chad Virgin. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. If the stock market's making you nervous, good event for you. If retirement planning is making you nervous, good event for you. I recently looked at some of my old boss's uh, financial portfolios, and I won't give names, but I was disappointed in some of them, to say the least. Like, 
that's not enough money to retire. And some of them have kind of retired. So that's out there. Um, big conversation recently is tied towards, and you'll hear this again and again and again and again, is tied towards the tariffs and the trade wars. Bridgewater Associates founder Ray Dalio said in a LinkedIn blog post, he believes an acceptable trade deal between the United States and China is possible. Um, It seems to him that good deals are to be had for both countries. While trade war has the risk of tit-for-tat escalations that you know, could have harmful trade and capital flow implications. Um, it's a big thing right now with Donald Trump trying to keep his promises or circling back on things that got him elected. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Um, but if tariffs are imposed as indicated, you would expect the Chinese response to be small and symbolic so that both sides will have rattled their sabers um, without you know inflicting much harm to their countries. So if you know, Trump does put a 25% import tariff tax on steel and a 10% on aluminum. You know, that'll cause the markets to panic. China will come back with something, and then the two of them will meet and work it out. Now, we've always said that, and it's always kind of been true in the world of North Korea versus the world where, you know, they're like, we have nuclear weapons. Uh, that's probably the worst North Korean impression I could do, right? And, uh,. They don't really want to blow up the world. They want food. They want, you know, electronics. They want cash. They want tariffs to be restricted, uh, loosened. There's a word out there that starts with R, but I don't know what it is right now. I'm too tired. I like the way you say that. I know. So there's some clouds over the market right now. Um, the Italian election, the German election... There's a lot of uncertainty with NAFTA right now. And you go, well, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And some people are like, well, renegotiate the deal after 30, 40 years. It's a good thing to do versus just to assume, like, we're stuck with it. Um, you know, if when the deal was struck, you were selling six cars across the border, and now you're selling 600, terms are a little different, right? I get it. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Getting your butt to retirement, find me at Rob Black Show. Don't forget to sign up for the event Thursday evening in San Mateo. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.